Welcome and thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I'm Marvin Telemontis, the pastor of River Rock Fellowship. Hope this inspires you and builds up your faith and helps you to see that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Isaiah chapter 43, we'll look at verse 18 and 19. Why don't you read it with me? Ready? Begin. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Have you ever seen a movie or have you ever heard a story about someone who is constantly referencing some glorious point in the past? Think about the quarterback at the championship through the winning touchdown pass. And he recites that incredible play every Friday night at the local bar for the last 30 years. And what about the prom queen? Or the leading lady of the high school musical, and she talks about how she sang on the top of her lungs and how it was such a glorious event. Been doing it for 30 years. Ever been there? Ever seen those kind of people? What is it about the past that keeps or literally demands our attention? And even as time continues to march forward, into the future, we still want to look deep into the past. And to be fair, haven't we all talked at some point about wanting things to be like they were in the good old days? Isn't it funny how it was just kind of okay back then? And as you got five years away, ten years away, a couple decades away, it just... The story seems to change. It's almost like they were going fishing. How big was the fish? It was this big. Nostalgia is hazardous to the future. Be careful about how you view the past. It can destroy your future. Maybe the past is so attractive to us because it's safer than our present time. Let me explain. Isn't it true that the past does not have any painful surprises? It might have been painful, but it's not a surprise because now you're in the present tense. There's no surprises in the past. Even if your history was horrible, at least there's no surprises about what happened. Obviously, the problem with this kind of a mindset is no one can move forward while we're living in the past. So today, we're going to talk about living or leaving the past baggage behind. And moving confidently into God's provision, into God's will and God's way for your life and that glorious life He has for us today and tomorrow and the next and the next. 
You see, the former things referred to in that passage there in Isaiah could very well be talking about the exodus with the Hebrews from Egypt or from some other point in Israel's history. But listen to Pharaoh's words to the nation of Israel in Exodus chapter 12. He says this in verse 31. Then he called for Moses and Aaron by night. Notice, this isn't office hours. This is critical. I need you now. And said, this is Pharaoh speaking, Rise, go out from among my people, both you and the children of Israel, and go and serve the Lord as you have said. At this point, the, in the history of the Israelites, we're, we're being, they were being granted freedom after 400 years of being in slavery, making bricks out of mud and straw. I can't even imagine what must have been going on in their minds, what they must have been feeling at this opportunity. They're packing up all of their belongings. They're getting what little cattle they have. They're, they're gathering all of their kids. They're gathering everything they can. And they're going out to an unknown future, to an unknown promised land. Can you imagine what that must have felt? No more going to be whipped. No more ever going to be a second, a third class citizen to the Egyptians. The excitement, the hope. It's even harder to imagine that they would want to go back to that bondage. To a life of slavery like it was once before. But we find out later, that's exactly what they wanted to do. They wanted to go back to the slavery, back to the past. And you notice what they would say? They would say things like this. You know, at least, they would do a comparative. At least we had onions and leeks. We had something to eat there. Notice that. Notice when you think about how terrible the past was, and all of a sudden you're, you're facing an unknown future, and you look at your past and you say, well, you know, it really wasn't quite that bad. Like the woman who was beaten by a terrible husband. Well, you know, I only made him do it. I shouldn't have burnt it. And we sit there and go, no. It's either really bad or it wasn't. But for some reason, we're so afraid of this future. And this is so familiar. There's no surprises there. I think I'll give it a hug. Why? There's no surprises. I know my baggage. You see the power of fear? The power of fear will keep you to the past and refuse you the glory of God's fresh, incredible, promised land. 
That's the power of fear. I'm sure we're tempted to think that we're different than the Hebrew people. But maybe we're very much just like them. I mean, listen to the encouragement Paul gives to the New Testament church here in a place called Galatia. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5 and looking at verse 1. And this is what Paul says. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore... Now here it comes. And do not submit again to a yoke. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Did you catch that word again? The word again comes up because it's been done before. And do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. What's he trying to say? This is the New Testament. Jesus has died on the cross. Paul's no longer persecuting the Christians. He's now helping and he's sharing the gospel. And he's saying, hey, hey, don't go back to that slavery. And he's talking to people who would understand that because he knew that in the history of the Israelites, they were slaves. And he's trying to tell them that right here, that right now, if you don't change, you're going right back to hugging your bondage and wanting to be slaves. Church, what is it in your life that you still see in the back, that you long for in your past? And unbeknownst to you, you're carrying it wherever you go, and you can't see it. But everybody around you can. And because you haven't dealt with it, and you keep carrying it around, it's gotten mold and stale. It's growing all this hair on it, and it reeks. Have you ever seen that person? They come in, you're going, oh no, how do I get out of here? Tell them I'm busy. Don't, oh, I'm not answering that one. That's baggage. On some level, Paul is just flat out saying, leave the past in the past and stand firm in your newfound freedom in Christ. Don't go back to the way things used to be. What if God has something new for you, incredible going forward? What if the new thing springs up right in front of you, but you're caught staring at the past? And so even though that thing is right there, right in front of you, you can't see it because you're looking and staring and giving all your attention and all of your focus and all of your energy of your heart to the past, to the past baggage. You see, we really can be just like the Hebrew people. We really can backtalk God out in the desert. We really can say, well, at least we had. At least I had. 
And Jesus, he really addressed this beautifully. Turn with me as we look at Luke chapter 9, and he says here in verse 62, But Jesus told him, Anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. What's he trying to say? If you're following me, and you're ready to do the work of the kingdom of God, and as you're ready to go hit the plow, you're ready to work hard, but then you kind of go, Wow, kind of, what's going on with my baggage? Uh, how come this plow's going everywhere? I don't know. Can you really mow straight lines with your lawnmower if you don't look in front? Jess? I mean, you guys, I mean, you mow lawns? You gotta look forward. Your lines will be all like that. Where are we focusing our now attention at? So when it comes to your past, where are you focused today? And the good news is, because the best is yet to come. As believers, we have an eternity in paradise with God, with Jesus, and with the family of believers who have already gone before us. My mom's already cooking up the beans. I can't wait to get there. She's in glory. This is why we're to fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, the perfecter, of our faith who set the example and went before us in the book of John we're told that Jesus in John chapter excuse me in John chapter 14 verse 1 it says let not your heart be troubled and then in chapter 2 I mean verse 2 you know what he tells us and it's not it's not in your notes he tells us this he says I go to prepare a place a room a mansion for you. I don't know about you, but bring it! I'm ready! Have you ever gone over to somebody's house and you were a bit of a surprise, but before you knew it, all of a sudden there was a place setting just for you. He went, who's that for? They go, that's yours. What do you mean? We prepared a place for you. You belong at this table. Welcome. Have a seat. Wow. You know the same excitement you feel about going on a dream vacation? That should, that should really pale in comparison to the idea of heaven. We get so excited about some things. But I wonder why we're not as excited and even more excited about the idea of heaven. A Christian should never be afraid of dying. It's a promotion. And yet still many of us are trapped. We're bogged down by the baggage of the past. 
And we continue to look back at the things of our past. Well, Pastor, you don't know how hurtful it was. You don't know how painful it was. You don't know how unjust it was. No, I don't. And it was probably worse than what you're trying to describe to me or anybody else. Nobody's taken away your pain. Nobody's taken away the injustice, the betrayal, the rejection. Nobody's taken away any of that. But I am going to tell you, if you can't forgive and let go of the past, God can never give you His future for you. And that person or those people who did you wrong, they went twice. They took away your past, and now they're taking away your future, and they don't deserve it. Forgive them so you can go forward. My encouragement today, to you and to me, as similar as it was in session one of this series, is to let it go so you can go forward. Let the past go so you can have all of God's glorious destiny He's designed for you. Life is an adventure full of a plot and a twist and hello surprises. And yet at the same time, you and I have an internal assurance of where we are ultimately going to end up. Live today like a person who's excited and anticipating an amazing, epic travel adventure of your life. Child of God, live like the best is yet to come. Even when you cannot see it. Some of the reason we can't see the future is because we're so stuck staring at the past. It's all we can see are those memories, those eyes, oh, that thing. We're just stuck back there. When will it be enough to just let it go? If you're honest, if we're all honest, it's so much easier to believe God can and will do something new and good in our life if we only had God's blueprint. If I had the plan, if you just showed me the drawing, Lord, and I could see there's A, there's B, there's C, or you know how they do with those little kid drawings where they have all the dots and one, two, three, and you go one, two, and before you know it, you could draw a picture and you go, I see it, it's a bunny. If I could only see what God is drawing in my life, how many found out He don't work that way? Why? Because He's in control and I'm not. And that means neither are you. He's God. He's not my big brother. He's God. And we can trust Him. I mean, not many people will blindly wander out on an adventure without knowing where, where to go. And that's what faith is all about. 
trusting that he knows where the promised land is, trusting that he's prepared a place. But we want to control things. I don't know about you, but every day I go by, I just like, I just don't know why I think I can control anything. I'm finally learning. I don't get to control stuff. It's actually freeing. I'm responsible for that which is my responsibility between me and Jesus. And the rest I have to trust Him for. And the more I do that, man, the more peaceful it is in here. The Apostle Paul said it so beautifully in 2 Corinthians 5. Let's look at these seven verses. For we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, I mean, that is when we die, when we leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God Himself and not by human hands. Isn't that incredible? Not by human hands. All right? Verse 2. We grow weary in our present bodies. And I heard everybody say amen on that one. And we long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing. For we will put on heavenly bodies. We will not be spirits without bodies. I think that's clear enough. I don't think I need to. Hello? We're not going to be floating around as spirits. Some kind of plasma out there. Verse 4. When we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and sigh. Just watch me get up off the ground. But it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Whether we want to put on new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. God Himself has prepared us for this. And as a guarantee, has given us his Holy Spirit. So we are always confident. Even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. For we live by believing and not by seeing. Man, that's a long passage. But Paul is saying, and he's saying a lot. But I want to highlight is the idea that this is not our home. Lodi is not your home. California is not your home. The U.S. is not your home. Earth is not your home. When heaven comes, that's home. And the aches and the pains and the things we don't like about our bodies, it'll all be gone. It's a promise promise of eternal life to come. This is the way God designed it. So we trust the Lord. And live out our lives. We need to live out our lives in this truth. Amen? We need to trust that the best is yet to come. We walk by faith, not by sight. So in closing... You've probably heard the story about a guy named Doubting Thomas. Thomas is one of the disciples 
who heard about Jesus' resurrection. And then he said, now, now it's not on your notes, but in John chapter 20, he said, verse 25, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands. And I put my fingers in his side where the sword from the Roman soldier had stabbed him and where it came out blood and water. So when a week later had passed by and Jesus appears before the disciples, Jesus stands there before the disciples. He says, fear not, take courage, right? And this is the next thing that he says. Put your finger here, Thomas. Touch my wound on my side. Touch my hands. Then Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen. You know what he said there in verse 28? He said, my Lord and my God. You find out in the Scriptures that Thomas never actually touched the hands of Jesus. It didn't happen. He didn't touch his side. He didn't touch his hands. All he did was, my Lord and my God. He got it. So what did Jesus? He didn't talk about him touching. He says, you have seen. And so now you believe. But blessed are those who believe and they have not seen. Anybody here seen heaven? Do you believe? You will be blessed. Here's a challenge for all of us. Believing Jesus in spite of your past baggage. I know where we get stuck. We get stuck with a word that says, why? Why did this happen? Why did they do this to me? Or, what did I do? I know it has to be my fault. Do you see how we can get stuck? Before you know it, we're in a cyclical pattern and we're going around in circles. So the challenge is, are you going to believe Jesus in spite of your past? In spite of the trauma? In spite of the pain? In spite of the disappointment? In spite of the rejection? in spite of how they treated you and currently treat you, in spite of what you don't understand about the future, God is doing a new thing. He has something for us in this present day and in our future here right now. In spite of COVID, God is not impressed or moved by a pandemic. He can still do miracles. He has prepared a place for you. Not only in heaven, but right here, right now. But I don't get to experience that here and that right now if Marvin is still holding on to my baggage. God says, you can have your baggage. Or you can have this future I have for you. But there's no surprises here, God. 
And it's really familiar. And I don't smell nothing. I don't know why those people act like that. Have you ever noticed that when you have body odor, you're the last one to figure it out? (laughs) It's the same with your baggage. Let's keep an eye out for what God is doing this Thanksgiving week. Ask yourself, what triggers me? And then you'll find that baggage. Choose to walk in the freedom that you have through Christ. Let go of that past baggage. It just might be too heavy to carry now. Especially to carry it into Thanksgiving with family and friends. Choose to travel light. Instead, let go of the baggage. Father, we come before You. Lord, there's not a person in this room who doesn't have baggage. And God, You don't want us to look at each other and try to compare whose bag is bigger than the other person's. God, You're just here to say, I'm here to claim all the bags. For my burden is light. And my yoke is easy. Oh God, if there's anybody here, before we get to Thanksgiving on Thursday, that says, I've got some baggage I need to let go of, Pastor. And you want to let go of it right here, right now. I want to pray with you. Whatever it is, one thing, many things, would you just... Raise your hand. Praise God. Praise God. Yes. 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 Anybody else? Amen. 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 Oh God. For everyone who had the faith to say, I see some baggage in my heart. God, I want to let go of it. I don't want any of this extra weight. God, I give it to You. I'm going to trust You. I understand the past, but I really don't know about the surprises of the future. But by faith, I trust You. And by faith, I forgive and I let go of my baggage, of those who might have hurt me, those who had no right to hurt me, those who took advantage of me, who betrayed me, who rejected me, who gave me no hope, who stole from me, God who violated me. Oh God, who've cursed me, God, I just let it go. I'm not saying it was right. I'm just saying I'm letting it go and I give it to you. I trust you that I can have all that you have for me. Your grace, 
your mercy, your joy, your freedom, your destiny for me. Oh God, may I experience the passion of life that you have for me. And I can smile and have joy again. And God, those who have hurt me, I pray you bless them. I'm not saying they deserve it, God. But you said to pray for our enemies. And anybody who's done us wrong, God, they fit that category. So I pray for them. So not only would they be blessed, but I would be blessed. But all those around me who are close to me in relationship, they would be blessed too. I say no to the kingdom of darkness. I say no to what the devil would want to do in my heart and in my future and generations after me. They would be blessed because I let go. Bless your church in Jesus' holy name. And we all say together, Amen and Amen. Well, we hope this message helps you to take your next step closer to Jesus. Here's a great question to ask yourself right now. How will I be different because of what I just heard today? Well, for more info about us, go to rrf.church or find us on Facebook. I'm Pastor Marvin thanking you for taking the time to join us.